The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. Let me interrupt you for just a minute, but I think your internet feed is uh, bad again. Oh, okay, I hope I'm back. Okay, now you're back, and we <laughs> My, couldn't hear you at all. Uh, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate that. My phone, uh, sometimes when it turns off, we're, we're connected over, uh, over wireless links with our, with our phones today. It's, uh, we're not able to be in the studio, so we've got a new technique to do this. And I think it sounds pretty good most of the time, but when my uh, screensaver sh turns off the phone, I, I turn into this phantom. Uh, well, anyway, back to where I was. If, uh, if you would like to call the range, you can call us at 293-3914. That's area code 937-293-3914. Or you can check out our website at sim-trainer.com. That's also the best way to get messages to us. You can go to that website and then click on the contact link, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, we want to thank the Governor's Communication Director for leaving us the opportunity to do a live show today. Uh, it's been a while since we were able to do it. We've planned to do recorded shows until we could get some sort of a, an idea that we would be able to have our 2 o'clock hour as usual. And so uh, those of you who have joined us, I hope that uh, you will participate in the show and give us a call. Again, the studio number is 937-457-1290. So, Jeff, there's some things that are going to be changing at Sim Trainer this next week. Well, we're going to just go back to somewhat of a modified schedule to make it a little bit more convenient for people to come and enjoy the range. Uh, we've been open uh, 12 to 4, Monday through Saturday, uh, for the last uh, four to six weeks. And now we're going to basically keep uh, the same number of hours, but we're going to spread them out a little bit. We're going to go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 4 to 8 p.m. Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to stay 12 to 4 because uh, we're starting our league back up on uh, Tuesday and we have training classes on Thursday nights. And then on uh, Saturday, it looks like we're going to go probably 10 to 3, maybe 10 to 4. It's just going to depend on um, uh, staff availability and some of the other classes that we have uh, coming up. And I just want to encourage our listeners to make sure you go to our website at sim-trainer.com and check our calendar uh, because there's so many variables that are going to affect how we what we do over the next uh, four weeks. So we're going to try to, I'm going to use the best word, we're just going to limp through May, trying to be as reasonable as practicable, keeping in mind that we are uh, right in the midst of uh, um, implementing a, um, a, a pretty successful 
spatial distancing uh, protocol. We have limited our classes from 20 down to 10. Um, we have uh, very strict protocols about how people uh, can congregate or actually can't congregate in our lobby. And we have our staff trained to get people moving um, to keep them from uh, backing up. Uh, we have some things in place that are making that a little bit easier. So I just want to thank all of our, uh, our, our customers. And uh, the other thing we're going to be doing, we're going to open up back to the public this week. So if you're interested in joining the range, you'll have two options beginning on Monday. Um, you can either uh, get a quarterly membership, which will go three months from the time you join Unlimited Shooting, or an annual membership, which will go one year from the time that you join. Uh, so those of you out there that have been calling and wanting to, to get involved, we, um, we're kind of phasing this in. Uh, we know there's a lot of people who over the last month wanted to shoot. They weren't able to get into some of the other ranges for various reasons because of different things that those ranges are doing. But we're going to open back up. Uh, everybody has to have a background check. So when you join, if you have a concealed handgun license, that satisfies the protocol. If you're a member of the military, retired military, law enforcement, and you've had a extended background check or you're a school teacher, those will meet the requirements. Uh, but um, we're going to kind of take it that way. Um, we've we've required a background check in the past. If you recently purchased a gun and you can show proof of that, that shows proof that you've had a background check. But we're a little bit different than the other ranges that are out there. Um, we kind of monitor people a little bit tighter, and that's both for um, your advantage and for the advantage of the rest of our members so that we can ensure that uh, only people that are uh, supposed to be there are going to be there enjoying the sport of shooting. So um, as I mentioned, we're opening our classroom schedule uh, back up, we have uh, our handgun one through five that's going to be starting next week with handgun one. Uh, we had several people who uh, got uh, cut off last last month. Um, they were in the middle of the handgun one through five, and they, they still have to take three, four, and five. And there's always a lot of people out there who like to repeat three and some who repeat five and a, a few less that repeat four, our low-level light class. But if you're interested in taking advanced training, uh, we are opening that back up. Obviously, it's going to uh, fill up fast because our class sizes are limited to 10. So if you're interested, go to our website at sim-trainer.com and get registered uh, for those classes. For those of you that uh, haven't already done so, now I already know that most of you have, uh, the way we're doing our league in order to facilitate the spatial distancing and keeping the numbers down, everybody that wants to shoot in league, they must go to the website and pre-register. You have to register for a specific time. You have to get there within 15 minutes of your time. And then as soon as you're done, you have to leave. There will be no socializing uh, permitted. You're just going to come in, go through the briefing, uh, shoot, shoot, help paste, help sweep. And then your squad is going to go out the back door and the next group's going to be coming in because we're going to be moving people through there in a very efficient manner. And uh, we apologize if that seems a little bit uh, impersonal. But given the way things are right now, we have strict limitations that the health department have imposed upon us, and we're going to do our darndest to make sure we comply. So uh, those of you that are inclined to come to our classes or come to our league, whatever the case is, understand that the protocols are in place for a reason. Uh, they're for your safety. They're for our staff safety. And we're going to do those things. So most of the things uh, that Jeff has just talked about are listed on our website in one place or another. Uh, those of you who have been regular participants in our league, you probably got an email indicating the, the new procedures and letting you know how you sign up for those. They are by appointment only, so you will have to schedule a slot. Uh, we're only taking a few each hour, and you sign up for the particular hour. You can shoot once in that hour, 
but we need you to stay for the whole hour because uh, then when you're not shooting, you'll be cleaning up the range and sweeping up brass and uh, pasting targets and helping with scoring and all the things that you normally do when you're there. But uh, we all need to maintain that distance between people. Uh, we need to we want to make things as, as sanitary and secure as possible. We, of course, have been sterilizing and sanitizing the range. Uh, we I mean, all the all the surfaces that anyone would contact. Uh, everything in the classroom and all the things out uh, the places where you would shoot and be in the range all of those things have been sterilized and sanitized many times and we'll continue to do that and we just ask everyone to help us with that as well uh, we obviously want to uh, keep this uh, infection spread to an absolute minimum and uh, then you know continue to to increase as we're able to do that and so we really appreciate the cooperation that everyone has shown uh, we're glad to be able to open back up to people who are not yet members and be able to take new memberships. So if you would like to do that, you can find out more information about memberships on our website as well. And uh, again, we're not we're not opening all of the memberships yet. We're not opening everything, but uh, that you know we're we're doing this in phases as as everyone has indicated is the preferred way to do that. So uh, even though there's some things about what's been going on, we may not completely agree with. We're doing our best to. Uh, cooperate and to be as uh, safe and as secure as possible. The other thing that um, the major benefit, one of the major benefits to being a member is that uh, you'll get to be able to shoot um, and practice your skill. In addition, you'll be able to buy ammo. Now, everybody that comes in, we have ammo purchases limited to two boxes per visit. And the whole purpose there is to get you to be able to have the ammo that you want to use to uh, practice. We don't want people to even think about trying to stockpile. Now's not the time to do that. Uh, we've mentioned this so many times over the last 15 years in different periods of, of time when we tell people, like from September of last year to uh, early to mid-January this year, I told you if you wanted to get stuff, it was an abundant supply, you should have done so. But as is typically the case, people wait and they wait and they wait, they procrastinate. And then when you can't get it, everybody wants it. Well, that, that can happen and it's not going to happen. Um, we have had uh, um, enough ammo for our people and we've had customers or, or citizens come in. And if they're not members, we haven't sold it to them over the last six weeks. Prior to that, we would sell it to people under certain circumstances. But right now, you have to be a member of Sim Trainer in order to purchase ammunition. The exception to that is if you're not a member and you're taking our classes, you can purchase the ammo for that particular class, but you can't cash and carry extra ammo. So um, right now, it's starting to open back up very slowly. The last six weeks have been very difficult, as many of you will probably find out, found out. Even the big box stores had little to no nine millimeter, and um, most of the other ones were very limited. And I understand that even 45 and the personal protection ammo and some of the rifle ammo, 223, 308, was in very uh, uh, small supply. So um, now's the time. Um, if you're going to become a member, you're going to have the opportunity to get some ammunition so that you can practice, but understand you're not going to be able to get a case of ammo and, and walk away. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we were able to get uh, a pretty decent supply of 223.556. We ran the sale. That's kind of sold through. Uh, but as is typically the case, we have people trickling in over this last week and saying, hey, can I get some of that ammo? I'm like, all that's left is what's right here. Well, I wanted this or I wanted that. And well, you know, you can't wait. So uh, this is one of those industries that's it's kind of feast or famine. There's not a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, sustained um, supply for a long period of time. But uh, we're in one of those periods right now where we're going to do everything we can to get you the ammo that you need to practice with and certainly to go through the training. But uh, um, everything from ammunition to many of the firearms, many of the popular firearms, they're very hard to get right now. 
Uh, speaking of firearms, if anybody wants to get a firearm, um, we are directing people to a couple of different places, Old English up north in Tip City and Miami Armory um, down by the Dayton Mall. Those are two places that you can try. We have good relationships with those uh, um, establishments. And if you're looking to buy a gun, those would be the two places that I would recommend that you consider going to to try to purchase a firearm. All right, we need to take our first break for the hour, but if you have been listening and you have been wondering whether or not we're really on the air, we are. We're live. We'd love to have you call in. Uh, call the studio at 937-457-1290 and uh, let Tyler know that you'd, what you'd like to talk about, and he'll get us the message, and we will get you on the air. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. And uh, if you just tuned in today, we're, we're so glad to be with you live. And even though it's a relatively remote uh, broadcast where we're, uh, we're at different locations, actually Mark's at one location, I'm at another, but the studio's made arrangements for us to be able to pipe it through them. And if you want to get on the air today, they've got a mechanism in place for you to do that. You just call the studio at 937-457-1290, and uh, they'll be able to get your question to us so we can address it on the air. And we'd certainly be more than glad to talk with you about anything that's on your mind. Over the last couple of weeks, there have been a couple incident, or incident, or a couple situations around the country that are newsworthy. The first occurred in New York, where um, uh, it was kind of an interesting, there was a case that was supposed to, they thought was going to be heard by the Supreme Court. Well, uh, it had to do with uh, some of you might have heard New Yorkers, people in New York City in particular, were uh, bound by law from taking their firearm from their residence to a firing range to practice and uh, also to take it to another property that they might have in upstate New York. If they were going to be out in a rural area and do some practicing, they were restricted from taking the gun they had for self-defense outside of their residence. It was a very restrictive uh, provision of the law. And... Uh, um, there were actually two individuals who went together and they filed a suit. And uh, while the suit was uh, making its way through the courts, um, the state of New York dropped the or uh, did away with the law. And uh, when the case made it up to the Supreme Court last week or about a week and a half ago, uh, the justices decided it was a moot issue since the law had already been um, rescinded from the books and uh, therefore um, in, in, in the truest sense, they got what they wanted, but um, in the broader sense, the gun community would have liked to have seen that case go before the Supreme Court. And so that uh, around the, the nation, such so, uh, those sorts of restrictive um, gun, gun laws could have been um, uh, re restricted from being able to be implemented around the country. And as it stands right now, we don't know how it's going to play out, but I think the message was sent. The fact that it went to the Supreme Court and the state decided, well, we're probably going to lose this and we better go ahead and rescind the law uh, before it makes to that point. Now, there might have been some strategy on their on their side. Mark, what do you think about about that particular issue? You think that was strategized on the part of the, the state to rescind the law before it made it? I'm pretty sure it was. I think they probably recognized that they were going to lose at the Supreme Court that uh, then they would have had precedent set at the Supreme Court that would have made it impossible for them to do many of the things they want to do. Uh, so by rescinding the, the ordinance, I think it was a New York City uh, requirement, 
that you couldn't take it out of the city to go to a range that wasn't, or to take it uh, to a any place that wasn't in the city. So uh, most of the ranges, of course, are not in New York City. Right. And uh, that's what that's what people were complaining about was that they really don't have the ability to go to other locations. And uh, by removing that requirement, then the Supreme Court, rather than deal with the question, which was still an active question, even though they had canceled the, the particular ordinance, uh, it was still an active question, and it was a question that should have been answered, but they chose not to do that. Um, and I suspect that uh, New York decided that they would rather not uh, lose this battle right now. Uh, they would want to see if maybe they could squeak something else in. I, I don't have any anything that backs that up other than just my personal sure. opinion. Uh, sure. But but that is that, I, I think that was part of it. I think they decided that uh, they would rather come back and fight another day than lose and lose permanently. Well, the thing people need to understand, and I'm sure our listeners are aware of this, um, um, New York State is Michael Bloomberg's home state. And there's no question that uh, he he has a lot of clout when it comes to the anti-gun uh, provisions that are enacted around the country, particularly in New York. And um, uh, I, I like to say that um, his organization, uh, they've got a couple of different names, and Mark will give you the actual names, but I've, I've recoined their name or the, his organization has anything that he can do to step on the second amendment rights of law abiding citizens. That's his new organization. As far as I'm concerned, um, there's one called yeah, every town against gun different... violence. And yeah, it, it's, yeah, which one? A, one is every town against gun Bloomberg violence. And, yeah. Yeah. What are the two every official town, organizations? Uh, mothers yeah. against uh, gun violence or, <laughs> and gun safety and uh, every town for gun safety. And of course they don't know anything about safety and aren't really interested in safety. Their definition of, Safety is nobody has a gun, which, of course, doesn't recognize reality. It doesn't recognize history. It completely doesn't recognize the Second Amendment. And many of their arguments, they say, oh, we don't have a problem with the Second Amendment. We just don't like this, this and that. And right. then when you take this, this and that out, there's no right to keep and bear arms. So exactly. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things that we really need to watch. Uh, this whole coronavirus thing has has caused uh, those aspects of our society to feel empowered and to look at ways that they can use this crisis and take advantage of it and maybe uh, put some stakes in the ground to, uh, to, that will hold through past uh, the, the current pandemic and spread across the, the country and basically make us like much of the rest of the world. So, I mean, well, we you, know. you see what's going on in Canada. And the, the fact that they've just enacted a, another ban, uh, even though the bans that they already had were pretty egregious. So, all right, we're going to take a break and head into the news. Uh, give us a call at 937-457-1290 and we'll get you on after the break. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the show. To the this show. is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro, and we're glad to be live on the air today for a change. We're glad that you've joined us as well. You can uh, join the show by calling the studio at 457-1290. That's area code 937-457-1290, and we'll get you up on the board. Uh, we are, are glad to be able to do this live show today. It's been a while since we've done one. So uh, thanks for, for being part of it today. And I hope that you'll be uh, willing to join in and let us know whatever questions you have. You can get more information about the show at sim-trainer.com radio. 
and you can find more about SimTrainer at that same website as well. And uh, we'd love to be able to have you do that and, and participate in the activities going on the range. Jeff? Yeah, Mark, right before the break, we were talking about uh, Michael Bloomberg and his uh, anything he can do to step on Second Amendment rights initiatives around the country. And we talked about New York. Um, and I just want to mention that uh, I want our listeners over the next several weeks to kind of pay attention to see how things play out in Virginia where they've enacted some draconian, tyrannical uh, anti-gun legislation. And I got a strong feeling that at least one or two of those issues are going to probably make their way up to the Supreme Court because they no doubt um, violate uh, Second Amendment tenets. And um, I'm, I'm going to believe that uh, the Second Amendment Foundation, the NRA and several other organizations are going to be watching closely how uh, those play out. And uh, I look for them to get uh, to the Supreme Court at some point if they're not resolved at lower court level before that time. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that uh, last week there was a, a very interesting um, probably 12-hour turn of events out in California where a, uh, a very wise judge, I think his name was uh, Judge Benitez, something like that, um, he had uh, issued a injunction against California um, charging um, or making people undergo background checks for purchase of ammunition um, and several other uh, provisions of law that uh, he deemed to be at the um, appellate court level. He deemed them to be um, uh, in violation of the Second Amendment. And he gave some very strong language to that effect. He issued the injunction around, I believe it was three, four or five o'clock in the afternoon uh, one day. And then the state... Uh, hurried up and got a uh, stay at about 9 p.m. that night to enable them to um, uh, continue to operate as they have been doing and tread on Second Amendment rights with the uh, very restrictive laws that they have in place. And uh, undoubtedly, the case is going to make its way to the Ninth Circuit. Now, as recently as three or four years ago, some people would have said, oh, what chance do we have? But keep in mind that President Trump, I believe, has had eight or ten appointments to that circuit, and there's strong indication that there is a, a, a pro-gun orientation that has uh, kind of come about in uh, the last couple of years on that Ninth well, it's Circuit. it's even more than pro-gun. It's, it's really more pro-Constitution and pro-rule of law, which is something Absolutely. that has been uh, sorely missing in the Ninth Circuit. It, it, and what has happened for many years, um, uh, people who wanted to push a particular agenda and they wanted to kind of force feed it, they would kind of shove it uh, so that the appellate court out in the, the Ninth Circuit would get it. And it was almost uh, guaranteed that it was going to go in uh, anti-constitutional uh, provisions. But uh, this particular case, uh, the judge was very, um, uh, very specific on the, the language he used as to how the various provisions were violated of the Second Amendment. And um, uh, he strongly condemned uh, the state for imposing those kind of restrictions. And uh, um, if you have the opportunity, uh, you might want to look at uh, how that case went. Um, you could probably just look at recent uh, legislation or recent case law relative to uh, gun related issues in California. And you can kind of track that and look at some of the language. But we're we're very hopeful that at the very least, it's going to be resolved at the Ninth Circuit in a favorable man manner and or some of those issues will go on to the Supreme Court and then um, those issues can be resolved in a positive way. But um, right now there's legislation, uh, Mark has mentioned a couple weeks ago, 
Uh, I believe it's uh, H.R. 5719, Mark. Is that the federal legislation, the anti-gun yeah, violence right in front legislation? Of me, but there's, there's several of yeah. them. Yeah, there's yeah. Two, two bills in the House and two bills in the Senate. Yeah, right now things are kind of on hold as far as we know. The problem is with all the stuff going on, that is sometimes where people like to work behind the scenes to kind of push things through without people paying attention. So um, I'm sure all um, pro-gun groups and are interested in watching pro-constitutional rights groups are, are watching what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, we're certainly going to be watching what's going on here at the state level and on the national level because people have asked about that legislation, but we've not seen any movement at either the state or the national level so far because of uh, the way they're dealing with the current the current situation, which uh, brings, you know, we've mentioned several times over the last few weeks, um, and Mark kind of mentioned that they look at crises like this to find ways that they can do test runs for violating constitutional rights. And the current situation with the restrictions they're putting in place, and I, I think it was most telling last week, um, uh, the governor, I think, really um, made an ill-advised uh, uh, statement when he said that uh, the wearing of masks was mandatory, but then shortly thereafter, but it's not going to be required. And when questioned by a reporter, um, as to the inconsistency and the confusion that his language caused earlier in the presentation, he said, well, listen, it's not really what I'm going to say or anybody else is going to say. It's what Ohioans are going to do. And I want to mention that's the key term. It's not only what Ohioans will do. It's what American citizens will do when they're given the opportunity to exercise their rights in a free society. They're going to make responsible, reasonable decisions as opposed to letting the government kind of dictate way things go. And, um, even though we're dealing with one matter right now and, and, and things are starting to, to open up, there still are restrictions that I feel personally. And I think, Mark, you feel a certain degree uh, like I do relative to the fact that they're still treading on people's rights. When you look at small businesses versus big businesses, those small business people, they need their incomes, their livelihoods. They need to be able to get their doors open and start doing the things to keep a living just as well as uh, the big box stores and the bigger places do. And to kind of selectively go in between that, it, it's it's walking the fine line. Yeah, I, I think that we really have, um, I think that there will be a lot of legal fallout from what has happened uh, based on the, uh, the way that some of the authorities that are given have been exercised and some of the expansion of those authorities. I get the opportunity to say something now I haven't said in a while, and I'm really glad to be able to do it. We have a caller on the line. So let's talk to Brad, who's calling from Dayton. Brad, welcome to the show. Hi. Brad, are you out there? We're glad to talk to you on the show today. This is Mark and Jeff from Shooting from the Hip. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? What, what would you like to bring to the show today? Thanks for calling. Yeah, my question is this. If, let's say, God forbid, you're put in a situation where you are forced to defend yourself. You're totally justified. Uh, if somebody breaks into your house and they're threatening your life, are you aware of any like case law about the use of um, extreme high-performance ammunition where that turned against the otherwise justified uh, uh, action? Would you, so what do you mean by well, extreme high-performance ammunition? Because that's, uh, you know, that's kind of a, well, a generic term that I'm not, I'm not sure that, I mean, I think it's important to define the terms well. So what, right. what do you mean by that? Well, not, not like a... Uh, like you could use a full metal jacket or you could use a hollow point, which is, uh, you know, supposed to have more stopping power. But there are also 
you know, marketed uh, bullets that are extreme stopping power and extreme cavitation and one stop yeah. job. Well, and you, you said the, the key word there, they're marketed that way and they're marketed that way for a reason to try to differentiate them from, quite frankly, the majority of ammunition, American-made ammunition across the board is very good. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. And here's something people don't realize. When you look at the number of people killed by firearms, um, justified or un otherwise, the majority of those people are actually killed with round nose bullets, not hollow point expansion bullets and things of that nature that people, um, the majority of people who carry a gun for self-defense and law enforcement and private security and military forces carry. Instead, they just get whatever they can. Now, that said, suffice it to say, it's not what you use, it's where you hit them. And the issue in court is going to come down to almost solely was the action justified based on the circumstances. What you use just so reasonable for the circumstances, whether it was a, uh, a gold dot hollow point or a, um, a federal round and relative to case law, I'd have to say probably not. Um, it could be kind I'm of buried in some other. Ex yeah, it buried in some other explanations where other issues and remember facts matter. That's the critical thing in, in court cases. Facts matter. And it's not so much whether or not it was labeled as ultra high performance uh, wound increasing cavitation ammo or whatever it was. It just was that ammunition, a, a, a reasonably marketed round that people could pick from among the hundreds. Um, there are a whole bunch of types of ammunition out there. And as long as it's not, you know, uh, some of the exotic stuff that some, you know, explosive ammunition, um, things of that nature, I don't think you're going to have any problem. And I'm not aware of any case law where that kind of issue comes into play. But keep in mind, most of the time people describe their ammo like that. It's a marketing ploy rather than a um, increased functionality issue. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with the ballistics. It has only to do with how much they can sell it for. Uh, and I would I would add to that that uh, what what Jeff has absolutely said was said was absolutely true. And that is that it depends almost exclusively on the facts and circumstances of the situation was the use of deadly force justified and right. was the use of deadly force justified throughout the period of that deadly force use. So if you have already neutralized this threat and you continue to fire, there could be a problem with that. And it doesn't matter what kind of ammunition you have. Sure. Yeah. My, my, my thought was mostly just on, you know, as you discussed the ammunition that, you know, when you see the, the gel tests and all that, that it, that it does, you know, maximum stopping power. Could that ever turn around and bite me? Well, yeah, those the, the are the unfortunate kinds of things that marketing does. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is when they talk maximum stopping, stopping power, the gel tests, there are so many variables that uh, in many cases can't be controlled. Um, I would encourage you to go to the FBI um, ballistic tests that have been conducted over the last 10 years. Um, there's been some consistency in the way they've put those uh, tests together. And what was interesting was all the ammo, the most recent study, all the ammo did real, 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 real good. And a couple came out a little bit better, particularly when they were shooting through different types of substances, whether it was glass or doors or certain types of clothing. But they all did real good. And it was pretty much across caliber. Um, some did better than others. Um, but if you look at that, those results, I think that's just kind of a good jump point because there are a lot of people who will make the claim that our, our ammunition has been subjected to 
um, you know, torture testing in various types of circumstances. And the bottom line is when you hit somebody in critical areas uh, and you make accurate shots, it's going to do what it's supposed to do the majority of the time. And that's that's kind of the where I'd like you to leave it. That's certainly where I'm going to leave the discussion, because much more than that creates confusion. It's just like when somebody walks and I use the classic example, I'm not going to mention the big box score store. We carry two or three lines of ammunition for one reason. Um, many of the people that are new to uh, personal defense uh, firearms, when they walk to a big box store and they look at the ammo counter, it's literally 20 feet long, six feet tall, and a whole bunch of brands. And they go, which one? Well, it just depends which clerk you get that day. Somebody might say the Hornady um, critical defense is the best. Somebody else might say the federal hydroshocks the best. Um, it just depends on that clerk. There is no definitive decision relative to the best ammunition. My advice is just good quality American ammunition. Leave it at that, and you're going to be in good shape. You're breaking up again, Mark. All right. So uh, we're going to take our last break for the hour, and we'll um, be back after the break. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. And we were so glad that we were able to be on the radio today and, and be with you live. And uh, we want to encourage you over the next several weeks that if you're interested in uh, calling in, call the studio at 937-457-1290. And uh, hopefully the next several weeks we'll be able to do this the same way. I want to remind our listeners that uh, we have a lot going on. And uh, I want you to look at the website at sim-trainer.com and uh, watch how our uh, scheduling is going to open up over the next week in a very gradual way. I also want to remind our listeners that uh, Mark's been so generous to uh, uh, leave with us one of the Ruger 5.7s. He was on the list for months out at uh, uh, the base BX, and he was able to get a Ruger 5.7. And uh, he came in and shot it, and he said, hey, Jeff, by the way, I'm going to leave this here, and anybody wants to try it, they're welcome to do so. So we have it as our feature gun um, for the, the next uh, month. And all you got to do is buy a box of ammo. He's been generous enough to let us use it for free, so we're not going to charge you. For leasing the gun, however, keep in mind that a box of ammo is $30 for a, a, a box of 50 rounds of 5.7, but I think it's something you will really, really enjoy shooting. I shot it for the second time last week, and uh, I have a, a FN 5.7, which uh, actually shooting the two together, I actually prefer, but the 5.7 being half the cost is uh, going to be a game changer. And uh, I read an article in one of the NRA magazines recently where they mentioned just that. For half the price of the FN 5.7, it's going to be something that people might want to reach out to uh, and, and consider purchasing. But the best way to find out is to come in the range and, and uh, uh, just uh, try it out because you get to use the gun for free. Just buy a box of ammo in, um, in a, it's our feature gun and you can go out and shoot it. But it's a fun gun to shoot. And uh, Mark, again, I want to thank you for giving us that opportunity because we've been waiting a long time for that gun. Yeah, we have. And, and I would say that Yes, it's, it may be about half the price, but it's way more than half the gun. I agree, it's not quite as smooth and elegant and finished as the FN 5.7, uh, but when you consider how much less it costs, uh, that it's, it's still a pretty good deal. So if anybody was looking to get into the 5.7 caliber, 
without having to go to the PS90 and they would like that in a handgun, uh, that's a great way to go. So come on out to the range and uh, give it a try. A uh, box of ammo is about 30 bucks, and, and you will have an opportunity to find out what this is. It, it has far less recoil than you might expect for a round with a 1,900 foot per second velocity out the nose. So that's a, it, it's a yeah. pretty neat gun, and, and anybody that's into those sort of things, this would be a great opportunity for you to try it. Well, Mark, I want to just add one more thing, kind of follow up what you just said, is that um, you're exactly right, that if it wasn't for the FN 5.7, um, I would have the, the Ruger 5.7. As a matter of fact, I will probably still get it because shooting it the second time, um, uh, maybe the first time I had some biases and I want to make sure that, you know, I gave it a chance, but shooting it the second time was a whole lot of fun. And I actually shot a full box. The first time I shot, I only shot about 20 rounds, but I shot a full box. And the reason I did it is because I really enjoyed it. I tried some different things, including extending the target all the way out to 75 feet and it was tremendously accurate, very little recoil. Um, and, uh, we're going to do a review of it. There were some things that I saw, uh, happen that, um, I'm just going to see if they were just kind of because we're breaking in the gun, but, uh, it's something everybody should try out. And, uh, it's a, it's a great opportunity to do something different. You know, you, you, most people are shooting nine millimeters or 45s, a few shooting 40, maybe a few three eighties, but very few people, have ever been given the opportunity to shoot the five seven, and it's something I think everybody's interested in guns, particularly handguns, uh, should try out at least one time. We have, uh, in addition to that, we have the Glock forty four twenty two. You're cutting up. You're cutting right. up again, Mark. And yeah, I heard. I, I heard that, and uh, yeah. I, I did want to say one more thing about the Ruger five seven, and that is that it's a Ruger, which means. Uh, there's there's probably no better service anywhere. It's a brand new gun, and if there are some um, wrinkles that need to be worked out, you can be sure that Ruger's going to do that. So um, I've experienced a couple of things that were a little bit of a surprise to me too, and we'll find out if that's a if that's a problem just with this particular one, or if it's something that Ruger's having a problem with, then they'll fix it. It's that simple. They really do a great job with uh, standing behind their stuff. Now go ahead on. Well, the that's. Yeah, that's why. Well, first, I just want to remind you, that's why we put guns through the test, because it makes no sense to get a gun and recommend it um, because we're not recommending. We're giving you an opportunity to shoot it and decide for yourself because, uh, you know, the, the final decision's not in on this gun because it's so new. It just came out onto the market in, in any reasonable availability. So there are only a few people out there that have it. So it sometimes takes a while for the kinks to get worked out. And sometimes it's just a matter of a gun getting broken in, so to speak. Um, so, you know, we're going to hold judgment until we have uh, a good many rounds shot through it and we see what's going on. Mark and I will take the right time when the time is right and we'll do a review of the gun and we'll compare it. And uh, But we want to encourage you to get in and try it along with the Glock 44. Uh, some of you may not realize it, but uh, the Glock 19 um, uh, has a uh, 22 come. Um, a counterpart, the Glock 44 in 22 caliber. It's very lightweight, very easy to fire, very reliable. Uh, Jim S. Uh, from the range, I want to give a shout out to him because he's been doing a torture test. Any of you that are on his link, he's now over 2,000 rounds and he's had nothing but success in firing Glock 44. And he's used everything from the leftover range ammo that people had uh, left on the range after they tried to fire it the first time and it didn't go so they just left it in the receptacle and he goes around when he's cleaning up the range and he picks all that stuff up and he reshoots it and he talked about how he's had little problem 
uh, even with the reshoots of uh, some of the, the lower quality ammo. So it's going to be a great gun for uh, recreational shooting. And I want to give you a uh, heads up to, to give some thought to shooting that gun. And as we get ready to go into the summer months, uh, our ad mentions a youth shooting program. We don't know how that's going to play out, but I just heard yesterday they think they're going to hold the state tournament in January or in June and the nationals in uh, July in some segmented uh, fashion. So if you have a child under the age of 18 or just uh, maybe he is 18, but he's graduating right now. He's eligible to shoot in that uh, state or national tournament and we can get him up to speed. So at the very least, he can have a great time. And uh, we've been able to get uh, people uh, to the point where they were very competitive uh, shooting in the top 10 uh, with only a few weeks preparation. So if you have somebody that's interested in getting involved in the scholastic shooting, uh, uh, scholastic action shooting program, we'd be more than glad to bring them up to speed. All right, we are just about out of time, so we thank you so much for being a part of the show. And let all your friends know that we'll be on live again next week as well. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Broadcasting from the McAfee Eating and Air Studios, WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.